0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk 20. So I hope everyone is having a great week so far. I'm with my two lovely co-hosts, Nothing New, Nothing Has Changed, the lovely Connor Lawson and the lovely GT Fletcher. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Fantastic.
1: feel great.
0: Good. How are y'all?
1: Connor, I'm doing great. Tanner. Doing great. GT, are you great? How are you doing, dude? I'm great, dude. How are you, Connor? I'm great, GT. How are I'm you? great, man. Tanner, are you great? Yeah,
0: I'm engaged. Let's fucking go.
2: Yeah, yes, that's what we were waiting for. Yeah,
0: yeah I'm engaged now.
2: What?
0: Yeah. <laughs> engaged now. Start grad school Monday. Like so, a lot of good, big things have been coming up. So, for sure, man. For show. For show. And we've recorded since our, our trip, right? Or no?
1: We haven't we recorded have in a while. I know. I know. We recorded well, it in the back, right, of it. Buddy, That trip. Huh. Yeah, it was a blast y'all. Oh my it was
0: fun. Miss you boy. Sure. Lots of quality time with the boys and the ladies. Getting to know your girls more. I got to know who's, who's marrying my best friend for the topic this week. <laughs> embrace your flaws slash weaknesses. So we have some questions, including the following. Everyone always associated flaws and weaknesses with starting early in their life. Where do flaws really start? We have a lovely quote in there. Connor discusses the difference between embracing your weakness and succumbing to your weaknesses oh. and letting them define you. GT asked, does society place more emphasis on people's strengths rather than at bouncing out with capitalizing on strengths and improving weaknesses at the same time? And much more in this episode, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a great, great episode.
1: And uh, yeah, GT, you want to you want to start us off with the first Ooh, question? No of the word, boys, come on, let's just start. Hi, baby. So, what I found is everyone always associates flaws and weaknesses like with starting early in life. And while I do agree a little bit, I wanted to ask you guys, see what you guys thought. Where, where do flaws really start? Where do these weaknesses really start to emerge and come about? I mean.
2: I guess it kind of just like depends on what you define as flaws and what you define as weaknesses, because it it can start early in your life based on how your parents define success with the family or success in your own life. So if you have good grades, for example, like, oh, you're successful, or maybe you're not doing well in this subject. So it's a flaw that like you're bad at math or something, right? So that's something that you think you have a weakness in in math. And then as you start to get older, and you start to have values, you're kind of like, all right, well, I value this. And if somebody doesn't value, for example, family, and some people maybe don't have as close of a relationship. And so maybe some people think I'm weak because I'm too reliant on my family, for example, it kind of just depends on what your definition of Flaws and weaknesses are, and then it also depends on who influences your views and who has influenced your views. Because if it's somebody that you really care about and they make you feel a type of way about something, you might start viewing it as a weakness about yourself, therefore, you think you have a flaw. Therefore, it's kind of like that kind of prophecy. So, I yeah. self fulfilling prophecy, so it just it. I hate to say it depends, but I I think it really just does depend on when you encounter that kind of idea and how you
0: define it. No, that's a, that's a fantastic answer. A point that I was going to make at some point in this podcast, but I'll say it off the rip is I personally believe that something is not a flaw and weakness unless you allow it or you think of it as a weakness of yourself. You know, people can say, oh, you suck at math when realistically, maybe you're in a room with people who are above average with learning and math, for example, like you said, Connor. So you can have flaws and weaknesses, but you can allow them to just be maybe these imperfections about yourself unless you let someone's opinion or what someone says that, oh, you suck at this. If you let that define you, you know what I mean? I feel like it's an intrinsic thing of yep. your flaws and weaknesses aren't flaws and weaknesses unless you let it be defined that way in your own mind. You know what I mean?
2: Gotcha. So it's like you're you're basically saying they really start at that line when you let them become that. So right, that Someone can just can, happen at any point.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's when you when you let things that people say to you really well, you sink in and, and you believe it. Right. That's my opinion. But I feel like
2: makes a lot of sense.
0: Especially when you're young. It makes sense, man.
1: But me personally, I think my answer is I would do like a mesh of what Connor and Tanner said. I think it's a lot of How people perceive you is what they would think is your flaw and weakness, where you can start to realize and recognize that maybe it is a flaw or weakness, but if you accept it, then it ultimately is one. Except sometimes it might be, typically a lot of people aren't one of those where like, oh, that's not my flaw, that's not a weakness, because typically people are going to realize and they're going to recognize that, oh yeah, it's it's a flaw. It's a weakness because, like you said, it's going to be repeated over and over and, and important people in your life are going to say it. And I think it's also with the different people that come in your life.
0: Yep. Could not agree more. Actually, what what I was saying, what GTCon was saying there at the end ties perfectly into a quote that I want to bring up with you, gentlemen. The quote is, once you've accepted your flaws, no one can use them against you. I think a big reason... I personally have been cautious of my flaws is because I believe others see them even more than I do. So what are your thoughts on this quote? think
1: yes. Like I said, yes, it's one of those where a lot of times when you start to accept what people are saying, it slowly turns into concrete. At the same time, people could think just of how they were raised, like Connor said. It's you know, how people walked their childhood or their adulthood, their twenties, that whatever it may be, they could see it as, oh, that's not right because of my religious beliefs, or that's just not my morals. It just, it's very different mm-hmm. with everybody. And I think you have to, you can't take it off one person, what one person says, right? Now, if God tells me something shoot, shoot. all right, yeah, you're right. You know, it's, all these different connections, right? Branching out, does it make sense? Okay, cool, connecting pieces. You remember the magnetic toys that we had? It was like a little metal ball and we had the little magnetic sticks that go to it. It's like those piecing together all over, just branching.
2: Oh, I love those. Yeah, those are awesome.
1: I like that you use the whole
2: metaphor about how what other people are saying impact you so much, it kind of forms like concrete, like it solidifies in yourself. I I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I think you can weather that concrete barrier away by making it have less weight. That's what this quote reminded me of. So once you accept your flaws, no one can use them against you. Well, flaws are so powerful and weaknesses are so powerful because of the emotions behind them and because of what you associate them with. When you accept them, and accept doesn't mean if you say in your head, like, oh, I suck, I'm a piece of shit. That's not a flaw. That's just a general sentiment about yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But, but like, if one of your flaws is, like, I'm not a, I'm not a good people person or something, I truly believe, and I was going to bring this up, too, but I'll bring it now. I, I truly believe that there are just things that people are genuinely more naturally talented at. Like I, I don't think that there's any way to control that. You can't control how you were born. Like my dad was a musician, right? And so all of us, including my brothers, like we all have some kind of musical ability in our family, but that doesn't mean that somebody who is just learning it for the first time in their family is any worse off than me. It just means that they might have a harder time. Tying that back to the quote, when you accept your flaws, it takes the weight away from them. It takes the power away from the guilt and the emotions or the fear or whatever emotion you have behind the flaw and how it formed. It takes that away because when you accept it, it doesn't even necessarily mean that you're accepting that it's true. You're just accepting maybe your thoughts behind it. Maybe you are accepting that you think it's true. It doesn't really matter. It feels like less of a burden to carry. So when people use it against you, you've already taken the weight away from it. So that concrete thing that GT is talking about, that's not going to weigh down on your heart as much because you're weathering it away with, you know, water or whatever weather's away the stone, you know? So that's kind of what that, that quote was reminding me of. Tanner, I know you talked about it a little bit. Did you have anything else you wanted to add?
0: No, the weight, or I should say taking away the weight is the, the beautiful part about it. And I think I mentioned this in a previous episode. I don't remember which one I said, but it's it's an interesting thought. I don't know if everyone will agree with it or not, but it's like any emotion that you feel or allowing something to upset you is because you accepted it and allowed it to upset it's
1: all, you. It's all on you. It's you know at the mean? end of the day. Everyone, like, you either accept it or you don't. You go with it or you go against it. Are you going... It's it's how it is. Like, at the end of the day, everyone always says, like, oh, this person made me do this. Oh, you know, this person, I had to do this. Like, no, you didn't. Like, let's not, let's not making excuses and putting it, oh, this person made me do this. No, bro, your game of life is you.
0: Well, it's the same thing when... You know, just to a previous example we said about when someone maybe points out a flaw or says something that's not very kind towards you, you can either accept that flaw about yourself or simply just not let what that person said about you genuinely affect you. And like Connor said, you said beautifully, Connor, the weight is off. So accepting your flaws and maybe what you're less capable of in comparison to others, just accepting that realizing that no one is perfect and Your flaws and weaknesses necessarily don't have to define you, which I know is what we're going to be talking about. We interrupt this podcast for a quick word from our sponsors. Hey guys, something that we talk about in the podcast several times, and it's a theme that goes on throughout the podcast, is mental health and how important therapy services can be for you, especially in your 20s, as we're trying to figure this thing out called life. So that's why I would like to thank our sponsor for this podcast, BetterHelp. If you guys do not know who BetterHelp is, they are an online therapy service, the world's largest, with over 20,000 licensed therapists that are conveniently placed for you. All you do is fill out a questionnaire and they try to match you with a therapist based on your wants and needs. And if you happen to not like that therapist, you can absolutely switch to as many therapists as you want to find a perfect one for you at no additional charge. Uh, you guys have a 24 7 text line with the BetterHelp service a weekly video chat with your therapist and much more included in this. Rather than in-person therapy, which some people may feel a little intimidated by, this therapy on the go concept I think is brilliant, especially for people in their 20s who love the convenience and would rather have therapy at their own expense rather than having to go to a therapist in person. Guys, I think this is a great solution for a lot of people who listen to the podcast. I know that there are several people that I know who have used this online therapy service with BetterHelp and it is fantastic. So if you guys are interested, visit BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Let's Talk Twenties podcast to receive 10% off your guys' first month of therapy. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Let's Talk Twenties. guys. I appreciate you listening to the sponsor and let's get back to the podcast.
2: Well, yeah, I letting them define you. That's the whole thing with weaknesses is that's really what people get to at a lot of points in their life. I've been there. I'm sure you guys have been there, whatever you've heard from other people, whatever you've heard from yourself, whether it's like your anxiety, intrusive thoughts or whatever. It's like when you focus so much on your weaknesses and what you can't do, that's that's when you let it define you. But that's not the same thing as embracing your weaknesses. There's a difference. So what is that difference to you guys? What's the line? You know, how do you how do you toe that line?
1: I think it's when you start going, oh, yeah, no, you're right. And then you actually put into practice what they're saying and you don't even think about it. You don't even dive into it. You know, it's one of those where you just go with the flow. You don't ah, Whatever. Yeah. OK, cool with it. And I think embracing your weakness is. Putting a plan behind it and how are you going to evolve into this better person and be away from this so-called weakness and turn it into maybe a strength? Really having like a solidified plan and not going, you know what, I'm going to just wing it. We're going to see how it goes. That's not always the best way to go and typically not the way to go. But I think when you succumb to your weakness, it's one of those to where you've let them in here and then you're always thinking about it and then you're questioning it all the time and you don't even try to put it into action of how am i going to be a better person away from this
0: that's a great point if we all kind of succumb to every single weakness that we all have we would all be just a shell of a person right i think a big thing that can happen with individuals is how weaknesses can define someone's personality and how they are but it can also define in general how they handle general obstacles in life whether they try to almost out of sight out of mind kind of situation or are they more able to work through issues head-on and and try to become better out of it and gt i think that's exactly what you said and i think that's that's really the big takeaway with this specific question is you have to find that balance and find that line. Realize that you are not going to be great at everything, and there are some things that maybe you should just take a step back on. At least try to fight for a positive out of it. Succumbing to your weaknesses every single time is a very, very bad habit to form. So, what about you, Connor? I, I think I think you guys summarized it well. At the end of the day, it's just a balance. Like you, you
2: definitely don't don't run from your weaknesses. Like for me, one of my weaknesses I consider that I have, that is also a strength in a way. And again, that's the whole balance thing. Sometimes your weaknesses also have a positive side where they can be a strength. But I think I'm a people pleaser. So when I was growing up, a lot of what people said about me still affects me to this day because I let, I did what y'all did. You know, I didn't question and I was like, oh, they're probably right. Cause I don't know anything about myself, but you do know something about yourself if, if you even don't feel confident that you know yourself. For most people, there's a level of consciousness that is trying to tell you something, even those that don't even have inner voices, which I just learned some people actually don't have an inner voice. That's fucking crazy to me. But even without that, like there's still a part of you, you're the only one that can make these choices in your life and can make these things, let these things define you. Y'all are saying it beautifully. You're the one that chooses to make these decisions and you have to do it. And I know society places a lot of kind of emphasis and pressure on what we need to do about this kind of stuff. Sometimes it's emphasis on our strengths over our weakness. Sometimes they want us to ignore our weakness. It's just, there's a lot of different factors involved
0: with it.
1: That's perfect, Connor. I like to look at what society places on some things. And I think it's very interesting to see how maybe my thoughts or other people's Mm -hmm. thoughts and how they go about some things. Mm-hmm. Is a whole lot different than what maybe society is, and you said it yourself. Does society place more emphasis on people's strengths rather than balancing it out and capitalizing on strengths and improving weaknesses at the same time? Where do you think society should focus on with flaws and weaknesses?
2: I'm glad you brought this up. I I had a question or something that I was curious about with this too. So I'm glad you asked like, where does this kind of come from? Where society places this on? Because yes, I do think society places more emphasis on people's strengths. And there's something nice to be said about that because it's kind of like we've been saying, if you focus on your weaknesses and succumb to them all the time, you're not going to make any progress. But then there's the whole, if you push past your weaknesses and never deal with them, you're never going to be comfortable with those low kind of moments and those negative kind of things that are going to happen at sometimes when you've let something become a flaw or a weakness. I think that actually starts with school, personally, to be honest. I think that's really the start of it. And it's kind of just a very basic thing that I talked about. You know, it starts with very objective things like our level of comprehension and our level of a competency with how we test in certain subjects. I don't know if y'all had certain higher level programs in your school but if you tested really well you got into those higher level programs right and so that was your level of if you're smart or not for example and so that's the strength because that's what society's looking for to fill these stem jobs and that's where you're going to make most of your money and if you're good at that you're going to be successful especially in the united states you get to do the american dream all that kind of shit but what if you what if you don't have that you know what if you're not in that right that's where i think it all starts and that's where the whole strength versus weakness thing is played is placed it's kind of more about your weakness just just Squash it. Just focus on what you're good at or fix your weakness. You know, like don't even try (laughs) to embrace it. Just change it to a strength. Don't even recognize where it came from. Don't delve into it. Just who cares? Just fix it and make it better. I think society, at least from where we grew up, yes, I do think it places such a huge emphasis on this and i think it starts with school and i think really what it should focus on is what we've been talking about it's about nurturing your strengths and allowing your strengths to develop but also develop coping mechanisms and strategies to handle your weaknesses and to recognize your weaknesses and to not be afraid of your weaknesses so that maybe you can spend a positive light on your weakness because kind of like tanner said it's all about how you define it at the end of the day but because we have these specific labels about it that makes these weaknesses have such a negative connotation. And if you don't have the same strengths as everybody else, then you also have a negative connotation, which makes you feel like you have another weakness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Th- this, might be, this might be me being pessimistic and forgive me if I am, but something I, I've i come to realize, and really it's only been within the last year or two. And I had this thought randomly is that as a kid, you know, you grow up in, With school and everyone being friends and everything, you're so excited because it's like a community feel like everyone's together. Everyone's helping out each other and everything like that. But the older I get, the more I realize how society and, and everything seems to be structured for individuality. People can say that there's a community feel, but in my personal experience, I really feel like it's crazy how much more society feels to be everyone's for themselves. And, and I think in general society that that's why we focus more on the strengths and we're not necessarily trying to tell people to embrace their flaws or at least do something to improve themselves where, like Connor said, go fix it yourself. I wish we could kind of transfer that, which I'm not saying we need to be that friendly and sing kubaya together, but like for people who right. do need assistance with maybe trying to improve their flaws or instead of it being just about people's strengths and you have this one or two strengths and that is your contribution to society and nothing else and your weaknesses like Connor said by people reiterating things over and over again that flaw becomes more of a definition of yourself because that's what people focus on the negatives more than the positives does that make sense
1: I like both sides I definitely think that school is plays a massive part I think in school we definitely we don't have to have that kumbaya, like you said, Tanner, because then I think that's going to raise some soft people. We got to have a balance to where we're having, like, a good balance in between. Are we giving them too much and being behind them too much, or are we giving them to where they're being lost in things? As far as me personally, I think that we definitely place – it's, like, big change. We always focus on these strengths. Oh my God. And we praise the strengths and we always are talking about how, Oh my God, this person is so good at this. And it's one of those where people don't even talk about, Oh, what about this person's weakness? But then some people talk about it. You know, it's, it's two spectrums. Why can't we not like attack both of them? And while we do have our strengths, we can, still use our strengths and still be working at our strengths, but why can't we focus on weaknesses just a little bit more? Finding the right mentor for you, finding the right people, and when you can find those right people, that would really change. It would change a lot. It would change a lot of people's lives. It would People's weaknesses could turn into n- that weakness isn't even apparent. It's gone, and they've only become a better person out of it.
0: That's very interesting, once again, how all three of us have completely different views, but also a a similar basis of how we can kind of all agree that there is some middle ground on on maybe not necessarily just emphasizing people's strengths, and and we need to work on that. But I actually wanted to ask you guys a personal question. We're kind of talking about general aspect of embracing your flaws slash weaknesses, but what was a flaw or weakness of yours that you did not embrace that you
1: wish you did? I think for me, the flaw was I always, I thought a lot of people were always my friend, And that's me being completely honest. I always thought people, I was cool with people when in reality, I really wasn't. And I think that was just because of how I was bullied when I was younger. And that was a massive weakness. You don't need to stop being so optimistic because that can kill a lot. And... I think it was a big personal thing for me, was to realize, hey, you know, it's okay. I, I accepted that everyone was my friend. I didn't accept that maybe they're not. And I think that weakness of me always wanting people to be my friend and truly being myself, like that went into that on how I would act different and I didn't act like the true me.
2: Been right there with you, my friend. And hey, you know, I know you say you don't have a thousand friends right now. You got us, though. And like we've been saying, exactly. there's a lot of stuff, quality over quantity, right? It's always it's always important. I can relate to the whole wanting to be friends thing, but I've talked about the people pleaser thing, and that's where mine came from is I wanted to be friends with everybody because I wanted their reactions yep. to make me feel good about myself, you know, because I care too much about that. I would say for me, though, I, you know, you know, you asked, like, what I wish I did embrace, I, I feel like I've embraced pretty much all my weaknesses and flaws at this point. But I can say that one thing that I wish that I embraced sooner, so that I could learn how to deal with it a little bit easier is my emotional impulsivity. I just know I make really emotional, impulsive decisions sometimes about life, about people, about certain situations with myself and about things that I should do. And I don't really think it through. I feel like I just kind of let my emotions define me for a lot of my life, especially as I became a teenager and, you know, there's nothing like if you feel a certain way about something, it's one thing and that's fine. But I mean, when I just, I was just going completely with my emotions most of the time, if it didn't feel exactly hundred percent good or right or okay, I would just like back off from it or I wouldn't push myself when I should have pushed myself or I wouldn't investigate or delve into something that I should have because, oh, it didn't feel right. And I wasn't ready to handle it, but I never gave myself the chance to handle it. So now I'm learning that I do have the strength to handle it, but I have to force myself to push past my emotions sometimes because I'm just an emotionally impulsive person sometimes. Like that's just how I am. So I need to regulate that by being a little bit more objective and logical with myself in the conversations that I have when I'm by myself.
0: That's a great answer, Connor. Mine is something that I wish I kind of corrected or at least tried to fix myself when I was younger is turning this this thing off and learning how to cope with a racing mind for example even just this morning my fiance spent the night last night and it was about we we slept in it was about 10 30 and we're just laying in bed for 30 minutes just talking and i was like come on like we let's go let's get the day started she looked at me said what what do we have to do and i literally have nothing that i have to do right now like i have some school stuff and assignments and and to do before monday rolls around but it's like. I felt guilty for just laying there and being in the moment and I didn't even know what I needed to get done. But I feel like being in bed and just laying there for, you know, the 30 minutes, I felt guilty about that. That's how my mind is 24-7. I can't fully enjoy the moment most of the time because my brain just won't shut off and my brain feels like I constantly have to do something. And I never really reward myself, <clears throat> which as a kid, that's okay to a degree because you're supposed to be constantly entertained or doing something on the go, right? That's how kids are constantly needing attention or doing something. But that transpired into adulthood to where it, it's now an unhealthy weakness and flaw of mine where, where I can't really enjoy a lot of things to the full extent because there's always part of my brain that is always going. So, yeah. I
1: like that. Hmm. Wow. Well, yeah, I like that.
0: I, I like that? You, like, you that? like that? I Well,
2: then... <laughs> I mean, I like that because I have a racing mind too. And this kind of stuff where you embrace your embrace your flaws and weakness, it's tricky because we talk a lot about what it means and what you should do. But when you have a racing mind and you've got anxiety and you've got intrusive thoughts, and even if you don't have that, let's just say you have your mind's a little more dull and you have to force yourself to do things. I mean, sometimes you hear advice and it's like it doesn't cut through that, right? And it just like doesn't resonate with you. For how you feel you've approached your own flaws and weaknesses in your life, what's one piece of tangible advice that you could give to close us off with this topic that you could leave people to like take away with, with the topic?
0: Something that is actual tangible advice that I would say is kind of two things. One, if you have a flaw, you need to write it down why it's a flaw, why it bothers you, and let that marinate for a few minutes or come back to it a day later and look at that again and look at why it bothers you. And then you need to write down solutions or ways to possibly improve it, to not allow it to bother you, whether it's your mentality needs to change or actually take tangible steps in order to maybe improve upon the weakness. And then the second piece of advice I'll give is that talk with a family member, a friend and just ask them, Hey, if, if you were someone who is struggling with this, you know, how, how do you go about handling the situation? Let's say it's Connor's emotional impulsivity. You know, that was his example of, of a weakness that he needs to improve on or wish he embraced sooner. So, Tanner, if if you were emotionally impulsive, what would you do to to fix that or improve upon that? You know, kind of take actual advice from people around you. I think something I know that we have talked about is how we try to fix it ourselves but I feel like a big thing is to reach out to people and actually maybe accept help from other people or at least take advice from other people. So reaching out to others and seeing if they've experienced something similar and how they went about it to to improve it themselves and maybe giving that a shot. I think it's all about trial and error. I think the biggest thing is that you have to at least try instead of just letting it be part of you and define you. You need to at least try to work on improve
1: it. I totally agree. It's a lot of trial and error because... Wow, some people might have close to the same weakness, if not the same weakness, that's not always going to be solved the exact same way. So I think it's a lot of going into it. And also being, not being too, a lot of people, a lot of guys like to be too macho to admit that maybe there is something going on. And for women, they're just like, no, that's not right. No, that's not. Maybe it's one of those like, dig deep, like really take a second like tanner said really take time to dive into it really get to know what's going on and then dissect it maybe look at where is the root of something like this where did it start what happened how can i learn from that? sometimes just thinking and taking time out to just think about a situation can always help you right why not take the positives we say it all the time why not take positives away from negative situations and negative events Why not? Why would we let negative events and negative situations affect us in the future, right? Why not improve and get better so that way we don't have to face it later on in life?
2: It's good advice and it's it's universal advice because, I mean, it's for a reason because it's something that people can easily latch on to. You know just for the sake of being different i'll I'll author out something that i used to do that i still do every now and then i don't quite do it as often but it, it helped me when i was really first starting to delve with myself i i always like kind of went with like the five basic questions when i was struggling with something and that really helped me to delve more into a lot of disparate aspects of myself not just my weaknesses i asked myself the five questions what what is going on you know what am i struggling with When did this happen? When does this typically happen? That's an important one where, and then it's where, where does this typically happen? Does it happen around people? Is it by myself? How does it happen? How do I find myself in that situation? What's the, what was the lead up and what was the after effect? And then if I can answer all of those, I usually can answer why, why did it happen? And by the time I get to that, if I can answer why I can answer why it's a weakness in the first place. And so it's kind of, it's, it's writing it down might help maybe just ask, like having a conversation. Like I have several conversations with myself a day about random stuff, but also things about myself too. So, you know, I, I think that having conversations with myself and asking those questions worked for me, but if you need to write it down, like a like a dialogue or something, you can do that too. Whatever works for you, that's more tangible. So that's something that helped me when I was first starting to delve, I would say, if you're looking for tangible advice. Hey, that's like
0: all great answers. As always ending it on advice and tips for others embracing your fears and weaknesses i think this is something that uh, honestly i think there'll be a part two to this same exact episode something it's a very it's a very important one and it's such a uh general topic that obviously we can't cover it all but we're just touching the surface on this one but i hope people took bits and pieces from this episode as always i appreciate you two gentlemen As usual, being on as my lovely co-host on this podcast, Let's Talk 20s. I appreciate everyone listening and watching as usual. I hope you have a great rest of your week. And as always, guys, until the next one, peace.